Hey, 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 welcome to your weekly Corner Spady live from Gay Liberator Street 69. Um, it's me, Kieran. I'm here with uh, uh, Nick. Hi. Slava Gaze, I think is what he said at one point. Um, I just, just showed Nick. Just <laughs> describe, just tell, 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 tell everyone what you just showed me. I I'm, sh- I'm still a bit confused, but. I showed Nick a, um, a Russian get out the vote commercial kind of thing for um, upcoming elections, um, which depicts a horrible future in which uh, people don't vote in Russia. And um, straight people have been uh, delegated to a a uh, uh, um, a ghetto. Um, you know, the apartments actually looked quite nice. I don't know, but like <laughs> where you have to listen to the new um, gay national anthem every morning. Um, Which did not slap. It was horrible. No, it was pretty bad. Um, you, 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 uh, um, your kid and wife have to go to gender studies classes to learn about the hundred and three genders that now exist. Um, you, you work for um, a reject Rocky Horror Picture Show character where you torture political straight dissidents by forcibly giving them anal. Um, the, the whole ad, if you haven't seen it, looks... The resistance group was called the Anal Virgins. The, <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> it was... It was um, yeah, I refuse to believe this is a real ad. Just go and vote. I n- rock the vote. <laughs> rock the vote ad. Like, okay, so it's probably from one of those, uh, the Russian political parties that is just like, make Putin look reasonable party. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like one of the things they have over there to like basically say the most absurd thing so Putin can come along and be like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it's... The hilarious thing about it, other than the like the flag of this new Russia is the rainbow flag with the um like Nazi era German eagle in the center yeah, of with it. The with the Reichsadler in the yeah. middle. <laughs> um the other the other kind of like weird thing about it that I particularly enjoyed is it does look like something that like a drag queen would make to mock gay panic. Or, yeah, yeah, like there, it's like it's functionally not different. Like it is very, <laughs> it is very funny, but unintentionally so. Um, it yeah. really does remind me of like that bit in Milo's stand-up. I know because I've seen oh. his, I, I've seen his thing a hundred million times. Yeah, every yeah, time yeah. he's been in Berlin. Um, but where he talks about the sense that there is like like Russia has like a legitimate fear of like. They'll talk about in the news, but like yeah, the, they'll the, be like the gay European Islamists or yes, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The halal taste of cock and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But um, yeah, turns out uh, that bit seems a little bit. It's r- very real. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen other clips before, and other like, like I think you probably were still on Twitter when that clip was circulating about the like the Russians who fled, like who emigrated to America, and then on the flight over, they like regret it. Because like they're on the on the flight to America and they're not allowed to eat meat and like uh, um, the guy has to like respect other people's pronouns or uh, he has to let the black guy go to the bathroom first to like I stop. don't I don't remember you don't remember this. this at all no 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 no, no, no. but genuinely that sounds, insane that sounds like, like yeah that sounds about right yeah yeah, yeah. um like. 
Tucker Carlson is kind of correct about the whole like this, you know, like there is this conservative like dictatorship kind of thing in America where like all the batshit insane shit that he used to talk about on Fox News is just kind of considered like somewhat normal in Russia amongst a lot yeah. like, more respectable media. Um, but like, yeah, just thought I'd show that ad to you. I because- really appreciate that. Thank you so much. That was a really great way to kickstart the evening because uh, we are in full douchebag mode oh, yeah. on the podcast where uh, we are uh, at my place just lounged on the couch. Mm. I'm lounged on the couch. Kieran's sitting in a, in a, in a, like a, a stool that he can, or not a stool. Stool's the German word. It's the German word for it. A chair. A chair that he can like <laughs> twirl around in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel this is how a podcast is meant to be. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> but there is other things. There is other things happening on this continent that we can or possibly should talk about. Um, go, go, go. Okay. I'm ready. This week, most French crime happened. Do tell because you like let in you like asked me if I've heard about the most French crime and I did not this week. Okay. So, so uh today or like okay, this this week a a fifty four year old guy who works in uh, um in a vineyard in Burgundy, like in like one of the wine regions of France with some reputation, was caught stealing like four bottles of expensive wine from his from his work. Four. Yeah. On uh, um, on security camera, right? They're pretty expensive, so obviously, like his employer followed up on it and stuff. And uh, um, in the raid, like the police discovered uh, seven thousand <laughs> bottles of wine <laughs> that had been stolen from various employers over the period of fifteen years. Um, I think the the value estimation is about half a million. Um, of all the bottles, let him keep them. <laughs> yeah. That is an absolutely victor. Like he, does, he like works at these places. Yeah, he's made the wine. Yeah, in some he process it. of it, he did it. <laughs> he's earned it. Let him take the. Let, let him take four bottles of wine home. Yeah. every night over the past fifteen years. <laughs> that rocks. Go, what's his What's his name? He oh, probably, they haven't released his damn name. Damn it! For, I bet. He, I bet he has like for the protection best. for those involved. <laughs> I bet he has the best, like, just the most French name ever. Yeah. And I really hope that he does because this is the most French crime and he should be, like, put I on mean. a stamp? He should be, yeah, exactly. He <laughs> should be put on a stamp. And if they do put him, like, if he has to go to trial, I think that he should just get immediate immunity from the French state. <laughs> what court will convict what me? <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we had to, spe- like, a special arrangement where we had to go to, uh, like, in like a, he has to go on trial in northern France in like beer country, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the only way it will work. Yeah, they have no souls. <laughs> they have no respect for managing to steal five hundred thousand. Like, all the beer people were just like, he stole seven thousand bottles. What is that like? Thousand five hundred euro. <laughs> <laughs> um, other other fun stuff from across the continent. We have um. Amazon lobbyists have been banned from the European Parliament because they keep being dicks is basically the short answer. Yeah, how how did how did this happen? I feel that it's very hard to get banned from being a European like a Euro, like a, a lobbyist in European Parliament. I th- like that sounds like a very easy thing to do. To to be yeah. yeah, right where you just make like stupid amounts of money like 
the kind of money that you otherwise would have to spend 15 years stealing 7,000 bottles of wine. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. You'd make in like one week of work. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's worth putting out that this might be a fun new metric, like kind of like a leaderboard for most evil company is like, have you managed to get your like lobbying privileges revoked at the European Union? Because the other company, the only other company this has happened to before is back in 2017, Monsanto. Oh, their, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their lobbying privileges removed. Um, basically, uh, it seems to be just a long and repeated pattern of like various civil servants, MEPs and stuff like that being like, so what's happening at Amazon? I, I'm hearing concerning reports and the people at Amazon are just like, lol, away from office, this email has automatically been sent. <laughs> uh, if you're from Brussels, fuck you. Um, seems to be kind of the thing about it. The the UNI, the kind of like EU level trade union movement has been doing like victory laps for like ever since this got announced. They're pretty happy about it. So yeah. So just Amazon has just been, was just incredibly unresponsive. It was incredibly like unresponsive is maybe a little too fair, but also just like kind of aggressive into any kind of like inquiries into oh, okay. like anything about them, like about in terms, namely the things that are mentioned are working, condi- being transparent about working conditions and labor standards. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So like stuff that like, we probably all know that Amazon warehouses are doing and are responsible for whatever. They clearly like- even know because <laughs> they're not, uh, <laughs> Just like, so yeah, I heard about people like pissing in cups and like passing out in this Czech warehouse. And he's like, yo, crazy weather we're having today. Yeah. <laughs> Have you lost weight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the fact that Amazon, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's, 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 that's pretty freaking obvious. Well, good for them. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of them that, you know, you know, the leaderboard is, is looking quite good. Amazon uh, and Amazon Monsanto. And Monsanto. Who we, else can who else can make the who else can get banned next? Yeah, like Monsanto got banned for inventing a new type of corn that charges like Spotify rates. Like to eat <laughs> like to grow the corn, you have to pay them nine ninety nine a month or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um all right. So then our one of our big stories for this evening is uh uh the big story of Germany and beyond the world. I was waiting for this. Yeah, this is this is why I'm here tonight, Kieran. This yeah. is why this is why I've invited you over to my house. So you know, me and to, Nick is to is to gossip. Me and Nick, we're big, uh, we're big, we're big movie heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, know? we're big, we're big, we're, we're we're big film guys. I have a yeah. I have a big poster of uh, of of Pulp Fiction just yeah. like right over there. Scarface, Gladiator. Uh, what's another one? Dead Poets Society. I'm trying to think of like fucking dorm room movie posters the kind of thing like the kind of dvd cases you'd see like oh, read yeah. on um, yeah exactly yeah 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 they were movie guys all you know we like scorsese <laughs> others <laughs> the cohen brothers maybe um yeah no so like okay and there's a there's a movie festival in in berlin called the berlin ale or the berlin alley <laughs> the Berlin Ale. The Berlin Ale. <laughs> the Berlin Ale. Yeah. Um, the Berlinale. Yeah. Berlinale. Um, where? Okay. So, a fun thing that's been happening since October seventh is um, everyone in the rest of the world has lifted up the rock that is Germany and looked underneath and asked, oh Jesus, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm very glad that this got international coverage because this was the stupidest. This was a level of stupidity I didn't know could exist because it's 
it's unfathomable. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, it's it has had direct consequences. So we should probably say what ha- what has happened uh, um, for for those who are in like not in the know. Uh, um, so Brother Nally does awards. They're called the Silver Bear. Uh, it's just like it's a, it's your standard film festival. BAFTA, um, France has one. They invented film, so probably um, yeah, things like that. And one of the films that won, might have won like one of the highest prizes, actually. I'm not entirely certain. The, the award it won has been overshadowed by all the following events, basically. Yeah. Uh, was a film called No Other Land. Um, and it is about, as far as I know, pretty much about apartheid in uh, uh, Israel, uh, Israel-Palestine, basically. Um, two directors, a... Um, an Israeli and a Palestinian. Yes, uh, Yuval Abraham and Basil Adra. Um, Yuval is the Israeli and Basil is the Palestinian. He gives a speech, uh, if I have the transcription. Yeah. In two days, we will go back to a land where we are not equal. Uh, This is Yuval speaking. I am living under civilian law and Basil is under military law. We live 30 minutes apart from one another, but I have voting rights and Basil is not is not having voting rights, does not have voting rights. I am free to move where I want in this land. Basel is like millions of Palestinians locked in the occupied West Bank. The situation of apartheid between us, this inequality, it has to end. Um, this got thunderous applause, which is shouldn't be surprising because the movie they just got an award for is about, about exactly <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Very prom- yeah. Damn, what did I just watch for like, you know, an <laughs> hour and a half? Crazy. That was crazy. Oh. Gotta, uh, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> I just kind of like my eyes cross and I start making up my own movie like Homer Simpson in the leader <laughs> episode. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's just like a natural inbuilt German def- like uh, subconscious defense system. Um, so <clears throat> the other the other situation, uh, uh, there was another speech actually after this. Um when co-producer Adra went on afterwards and said, I'm here celebrating the award, but also very hard for me to celebrate when there are tens of thousands of my people being slaughtered and massacred by Israel in Gaza. Masafar Yatta, uh, uh, my community, is being also raised by Israeli bulldozers. I ask one thing from Germany, as I'm in Berlin here, to respect the UN calls and stop sending weapons to Israel. Also, thunderous applause. Um... So, yeah, this causes German media class to freak the fuck out uh, after the clips get uploaded. Nothing basically happened on the evening, as far as I know, beyond that. People clapped. The rest of the evening was fancy film gala that you would expect from a fancy film gala. It was only when the clips made it online, pretty promptly, that we got, like, really weird and fucked responses. And... Probably what I find most interesting of all is uh, this is probably the first time I've seen the Germans kind of like really scramble because I feel like every other time they've responded to something like this, the message has been like clear. They've kind of been united, like whenever they respond negatively, I should say. Um, it's kind of like united. It's the same stuff. Uh, terrorism hostages, Israel's right to defend itself. Yeah, That's yeah, what's yeah. on and stuff like that. This really caused them to freak the fuck out because it was an Israeli uh, and a Palestinian talking together after like German high society basically just gave them an award. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So the first reaction 
that um, I well, what what should we start with? I think we should go from the sense that then that the initial reaction from the German like like politicians or Berlin politicians was then that because these statements were said that then um, they were deemed as an anti-Semitic because they called for a ceasefire. Yep. And uh, Kai Wegner, the mayor of Berlin, that immediately asked right. for then the board of Beli- of the Berlinale to be completely abolished yep. and uh, reappoint a new one. Yep. So, um, you know, normal, some, normal reaction. I know some to- guy from some, from some Facebook groups that could take over this job, I think. Uh, uh, um, says Kai Wegner. Um, yeah. And then... Um, and then kind of just like your typical bullshit thing from just every, you know, absolute loser within German media um, of just the thing of like, oh, well, you know, let's go find this actor that you've never heard of to then do an interview with like like site or CDF or whatever to be like, oh, I think this is appalling because we need to support Israel more and blah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. blah. So we got we got the Kai Wegner response, which yeah. is particularly bad. Uh, um and also, like, uh, Nathaniel Flaken, who we've had on the show before, in his piece in Neues Deutschland, pointed out that, like, Kai Wegner has also been one of the biggest proponents about making sure that the AFD is uh, uh, invited to the Berlinale yeah, and exactly. the board and stuff. Uh, he's probably been, like, one of the most prominent voices in that. Um, Kai Wegner, as we, if we haven't mentioned before on the podcast or you weren't around for that episode for the local Berlin elections, um, has been in a scandal before because he was the moderator of several far-right Facebook groups uh, where some probably genuine anti-Semitism occurred. Never. No. He was just making sure it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. He was. I was there to stop yeah, it. From, exactly. I, was, I was there to ask for directions away from the Facebook exactly. groups. Um, no, and then, but then the thing is, is that then Bid went like the next step further mm. and then they grabbed it. They, 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 they took a screenshot of I guess one of the film, like, you know, a panning over of the crowd during everyone clapping yeah, yeah, yeah. at the, like during this, 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 uh, you know, speech or after the speech, I guess rather. And then they have circles around members of the German government saying, oh, they clapped one of these people being Claudia Roth, yes. who is the uh, culture minister of Germany. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> I mean, this is the thing you'd have to go to if you're that, right? This is yeah. the thing you have to show up to. And so uh, her... I mean, Claudia Roth is definitely someone of uh, a very... Just... I don't know. She's she's just this very kind of, like, goofy green politician who... Yeah. She's always been very, like, present at Berlinale for some reason, like, just forever. I don't like... Like, she's just, like always been involved in this thing yeah um yeah she's been in the greens forever there's not really much i don't know like like i can't really like say much about her except for that she's kind of like an eccentric member of the greens kind of she has like a specific look is she berlin greens or i think so yeah yeah so like that that usually falls under the the uh, um image i've saved my phone of like the one quote from um fresh prince of bel-air where like Will Smith is defending Carlton. He says, like, he's confused, but his spirit's in the right place. I feel like that's kind of like a lot of Berlin Greens. <laughs> yeah, like- but because they've got, because, like, you know, they've they've gotten in government, like, the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the German Greens are just one of the most psychotic parties, as we've seen. And so <laughs> she then um, says, no, 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 no. You, you misunderstand. I was clapping. Yes, you're absolutely right. 
Uh, however, I was only clapping for the Israeli yes, on yeah. stage, big and not head. for the st- and not for the Palestinian. Uh, to the point that then that this statement is then also released officially by the culture ministry of Germany. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and also completely emphasizes the point that Yuval is making. Yeah. Like, we live under different, like, uh, you know, you know, prejudices and, like, uh, uh, rights and stuff. Like, and it's like, oh, I think I'll clap for one of these people and not the other. <laughs> it, I, I mean, I, I refuse to believe that this last week was, was real. Like, yeah. that was, that, that was a, that was a level of, that, that was a fucking, like, Seinfeld level of, of, or, like, that was just, like, a, like I felt like I was in an episode of The Simpsons. That's, like, a fucking, that is, like, a Boo Earns Yes, every, like, everyone on Twitter yeah. was, like, I was saying Boo Earns yeah. was pretty much the response. <laughs> like, it is exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, okay, but then there's, like, f- more fucked shit. So we have, we have that... That's a particularly hilarious comment as well. I was going to get to that one. Another response we had was like Fulker Beck, uh, um, who is <laughs> not- currently being sued for for uh, supporting genocide. Yeah, so good good luck to. I think was that Yudish um, Stimme or who was it? Like. Oh, I think it's a couple of. I think it's, it's a couple a, of places. I think yeah. it's like a joint, like oh. a, a multiple defendants thing. Good on yeah. them. Uh, yeah, no, Fulkerbeck is um, on one, and um, I don't know if you saw his response to the 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 Zeit cover. Um, oh yeah, where the woman with the the Palestinian woman. Yes, on the so, front, and then Fulkerbeck just like. Okay, so hey, let, before okay, you reveal, yeah, yeah, yeah. before you give it a get, let's context. Die Zeit as like one of the first major German publications did a piece where they actually centered like Palestinian voices in this conflict. That was like, that was a big deal. A lot of people in Germany were like, oh shit, okay, good. Um, my opinion, a little too late. And it also came off the back of like what's been happening in Rafa. So it kind of just seems like a lot of people trying to like save face. Um, yeah, Germany, German, G- German media is going to do this very well too. Like in hindsight, I mean, which they, is the most unfortunate, which is the most unfortunate thing. But yeah, go on. They, they. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll get into that in the bonus episode because I did some research. But then uh, um, he responds to this by saying, um, "How like how dare Desire do this?" Would they have gotten away with this? Where he photoshops the Desight magazine, but instead of the Palestinian woman, he puts in Hitler um, and puts in a text. But like, too many people are talking about the Holocaust uh, um, as kind of like his version of what he sees as moral equivalency uh, uh, to that like cover by Desight. Um, He's what not- a disgusting human being. Yeah. I fucking hate this man so much. So he's much such a piece of shit. So he um he responds to this and a handful of other like smaller protests by artists at Berlin and Alley uh, um with like he he basically quote tweeted them calling them Islamists, which like that might genuinely be liable. So that might be another lawsuit from there because Islamist actually means something. Um, yeah. The, the, he basically did that to one other person who was on stage who was, I don't know who she is. I haven't had a chance to look it up, but Twitter, especially like these kind of like liberal quasi conservative, very anti-Palestinian voices, uh, um, latched onto her in particular because she was wearing like a midriff t-shirt 
while also wearing um, kafia. Uh, the what are the, the scarfs called again? I, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, so he like called her like an Islamist, which is like problematic. And then there was other people who were like doing that whole like, um, like very aggressive, weird death fantasy thing they do with like particularly women and uh, um, LGBT people who support Palestine, where they're like, oh, you wouldn't get away wearing that in Gaza, and it's clear like, all right, when you this post was typed with a left hand kind of shit. Um, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's really common for when anyone who is queer or a woman or Jewish even like stands up for Palestinian rights, you get like this segment of people online, uh, including actually, sorry, what am I talking about? It's a random guy. This was someone who's like a accredited big wig has a face on developed columnist. I've forgotten his name. He looks like an unfair German stereotype. Um, I can find him again, but like, not my boy Ulf. Not Ulf, definitely not <laughs> Ulf. Would have recognized Ulf. Um, uh, every every like every huge, like, like sweep. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. every vet columnist. I know who you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They 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 look like they look like cartoon characters. They do. They look like someone taking the piss of the West Germans in yeah, like a 1980s exactly. British Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to look him up, but yeah, go on. So, like, he was the one doing, like, oh, you wouldn't get away with this in Gaza, kind of, like, very sexualized pain, like, violent fantasy shit that happens with this kind of stuff. Yeah, they love, they love, they love doing that. But. They do. Um, but then we have to talk about maybe, like, the more consequential results of this. Volker Beck is invited on to like Tagesschau to talk about all this and stuff like that. He's yeah, like, he's a well-respected member of German society, which is absolutely disgusting. And I, I think it. that essay in 1988 probably should have gotten you discredited. Um, <laughs> the one where he, you know about that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I'll uh, explain to the listeners. Please explain it. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to. He wrote an essay in 1988 that uh, talked about defending and decriminalizing. Um, what he used the term was pedosexuality. Um, this was pretty common with like German, and, yeah, German and Dutch greens. I've heard in particular had this issue. I'm sure other countries greens did this, where they like kind of lumped in pedophilia with uh, uh, homosexuality in like, but brackets good rather than brackets bad, which like the right was doing or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, and. The problem, I think, with Volker Beck, I think I would have respected Volker Beck if when this came to light again in 2013, he was just like immediately, oops, I'm sorry, my bad. It was a different time. I've learned better since. He first denied that he ever wrote that until (laughs) Der Spiegel had to publish the whole article unedited uh, uh, to <laughs> this prove is that me. The, yeah. This is me, Volker Beck. <laughs> if I ever deny that I wrote this article, punch me. <laughs> um. Yeah, so like, and then after that, he had to say, like, oops, I'm sorry, and stuff like that. And it's just like, that, 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 that's like, ooh, you had a chance. I don't know what you were expecting to happen. Um, anyway, but Volker Beck has gone on since retiring as like a member of the German government uh, um, to be the head of like an Israeli German friendship society. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So. That isn't exactly what it is. It sounds a lot more professional than it actually is. But yeah. um, like it's like the Deutsche Israelische Gesellschaft or whatever. Something or like Some shit that. like that. Yeah. yeah. He's also been like, uh, yeah, former member of the German Bundestag. Uh, what is the name of the 
uh, the organization, the German-Israeli connection. Yeah, basically, like. Uh, yeah, but he's he's always like present at like you know marches for Israel, and he yeah. always speaks, and he always you know says the most like heinous crap that you can possibly imagine. He's also been particularly bad on Twitter. Uh, um, yeah, Deutsch-Israelische Gesellschaft. Oh, I was right. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm good. <laughs> Since uh, 2022, uh, it says here. Um, so yeah, he he's all right. He's an important character because we come back to him. This all because of like mainly, I think mainly because the hay the German press makes out of these comments. This then goes further into uh, 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 um, like public consciousness because I feel like if he had just said the speech, people would apl- applaud it and kind of like it was ignored. I think that would have been something that like would have done the rounds on like left Twitter, pro-Palestinian, Instagram, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Where because because he's 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 he only kind of like just gets like sloshed around in that group. He he's kind of like immune from like the 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 greater German like media sphere. Oh yeah, no, but I was talking about like the 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 actual speech that Yuval. And, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like if the German press had just ignored that and not actually responded with like vitriol, basically. I thought you meant for Quebec. Sorry. No, no, no. Um, if like I think it would have just done the rounds on like pro Palestinian like Twitter, Instagram, social media, and stuff like that, and then kind of faded away. But it became like an international story because of how Germany responded, uh, or like German press, Kai Wegner, Volker Beck, and people like that, how they responded to this, and this then results in it going on to um, Israeli television, and then results in. Um, Yuval is currently out of Israel at the moment because he was just in Berlin. Um, and his a bunch of far-right Israelis stormed his parents' house looking for him um, violently, which then caused Volker Beck to respond after Yuval Abraham, like, you know, takes to social media and describes everything that happened and basically points the finger at, like, German media being like, this wouldn't have been a story if you just responded fucking normally to, like, this... 30 second 36 second speech yeah uh, um I, thank you nathaniel for having the exact second count <laughs> um, good article um like there, if 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 it had just drafted it left at that like it wouldn't have made israeli news it wouldn't have made like because like the israeli news angle was like germany supports us kind of thing and like uh, yeah and um yeah and then like volker beck retweets him and goes like I disagree with Yuval, but, like, violence is never the answer. And, like, everyone just starts posting the fucking, well, uh, uh, um, I think you should leave hot dog (laughs) picture because, like, yes, you did this. Like, you're fucking... Volker Beck is going to be, like... I feel like he's going to be in a dictionary one day beside... Like, his face is going to be beside, like, the entry for stochastic terrorism or whatever. Of just, like, someone should do something about this kind of comments he makes all the fucking time. Yeah, he's definitely... Uh, yeah, I don't know. He is, like, the perfect encapsulation of just, like, how freaky Germany can get because mm. he, he full-heartedly thinks that he's, like, still... I don't know, that he's, like an anti-fascist and whatnot yeah and he's like he's he's posted like he's happily retweeted like posters from like pro-israeli marches here being like 
bomb more children. That like yeah, 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 yeah. He, he is the perfect encapsulation of the anti-Deutsch, especially in the sense too that like the way that Feuerbach thinks is like I've been navigating like Tut's yeah. comments. Oh yeah, yeah. The comment section of the of the online site, not the like not Instagram comments. Oh right, the right. real freak out. <laughs> the other option was the letters Germans, to the editor and the actual pretty much yeah. The uh, uh, um, yeah the the brief are probably are insane for mm. Tut's as well. Like uh, oh yeah. Um, uh, uh, but the, the people who comment on the, on the site for a German newspaper are always like the purest encapsulation of the ideology of that paper. Mm. And so these people are like, you know, anything that then will be about whatever, anything with Israel, Palestine, you will see the most like vehement anti-Deutsch angle that possibly exists. And one of them that I saw like today about this, you know, Tats being like, oh, well, you know, this, this focus at the Bellinata was far too one-sided. You know, they're like, there needed to be a more pro-Israel voice there. Like that was literally Tats's take. Yeah. And the thing, and one of the comments was something along the lines of like, oh yeah, you know, it's fine. Like if he wants to like make these statements, but he's making them in Germany, a country where then like, you know, loves anti-Semitism and this and that and that, where it's like he could be safe in Israel where there isn't anti-Semitism. And it's like, yeah, like this is like, this is like, Falka Beck thinks the exact same thing too, mm. of like also like, oh, well, the only way that then that the, like the Jew can be safe from us, the like despicable German is to like put them over there, well, you the, know? The, 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 like, I, I don't know if you saw it, but like... Um Biden was on the uh, late night with Seth Meyers. Yeah. And he made the comment of like, uh, um, Israel is the only place in the world uh, um, safe for Jewish people. And like everyone was just like responding to that. Be like, oh, like when the president of the country that has like half of the global Jewish population in it says this, because like one, you're in charge of the country with the most Jewish people. And two, you could do something about it if you believe this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. How 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 dare my country that where Jews live in be the safest place? Then go to this, you know, like you know, fantasy land where also, by the way, is even more unsafe for you. Yeah, it's it's just it's such a it's such a weird uh, uh, um, it's a weird dynamic at the moment. But um, I I hope that lawsuit against Volker Beck does. Something. Oh, I hope so too. I hope that at the very least he has to just like you know get rid of his Twitter account. That would like that would that would get rid court of order closure court to- ordered closure of his Twitter account. It does so much damage, and he would just be lost. Yeah, I wonder what he would he would end up on Blue Sky. Uh, oh, he um, wouldn't be up like he probably would get kicked off. Blue, like he's like just like not allowed to be on social media. Yeah, yeah that, that would be wonderful for <laughs> the Volkerbeck Snapchat. <laughs> Or just like a brief period after he gets banned from all social media, he just tries to vent on whenever he's allowed on to tag a show. So there's like yeah. one or like one to five more Volker Beck appearances on tag a show before they're like, oh, we can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where it just starts starting when it, when it just starts he start, starting off to sound the picture like, of uh, like Hitler on the D-side cover yeah, to show like, the I, I could have, he's like, I was going to post this on my Twitter. Dear Mr. I'm too cool to write my fans. Oh my God. It's bad. Um, all right. Should we wrap it up with one last little? All right. So, other thing that happened this week that we kind of have to talk about is uh, Macron's comments on uh, uh, um, putting soldiers in Ukraine, um, putting ground troops in Ukraine. Which my understanding is that that was kind of 
taken out of context a little bit, but um, I yeah. So first and foremost, yes, it was. It was yeah. he was talking about the like the possibility to put ground troops in Ukraine should not be completely ruled out. Yes, as a you know as an option, which I you know what for the position that then that these you know NATO members are in, whatever. That's like you know they 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 all feel that. I mean, we 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 talked about it on the last bonus episode of like. Uh, um, kind of what's happening with like the Atlanticist relationship and it's kind of turned into Macron's time to fucking shine uh, and because I found more evidence of this uh, um, this week which I'm very interested in kind of like getting into because it kind of seems like Macron's official position is that the EU or like Western Europe or whatever needs to treat Ukraine like Taiwan which is uh, um, official position from America is strategic ambiguity which is just enough like posturing that like, oh, if you invade Taiwan in the situation, we will defend it. And like, there's very little to say that that would actually happen, but just loudly saying enough that you would do it w- does like cause China to second think doing anything in Taiwan. Yeah. And Macron is kind of like, we could do that for Ukraine. If we all just kind of loudly say like, as the European country with the nukes in it, uh, um, we will put some like French guys in there, some like fucked up French Foreign Legion people into Ukraine. Uh, um, if we just say that loudly enough, it could deter Russia from going a little too ham. Um, well, this also comes to at the sense of remember too, there have been allegations from the Russian state um, regarding foreign troops already in Ukraine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For the past, I think year now, they've mm. kind of like this hasn't been like it's not been like a loud mantra or something like that, but they was it British special forces. It was British special yeah. forces that then Russia reported uh were in Ukraine possibly and then um also the possibility of French special forces in like March of last year they you reported. Put them somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not so, doing anything in France right now. <laughs> yeah. <fucked> <laughs> uh no, they're still in I think like <laughs> Uh, uh, they're in somewhere. I think they're in Burkina Faso or something oh, yeah, like that. I, I just imagine like everyone in Mali just being like, leave. And they're just sitting down. Yeah, like, no, no, of course. Because, you know, I had to go through then all list of then what are France's current military operations. And uh, yeah, there's like three of them currently right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, fair enough. But uh, yeah, so uh, like the thing is, is that then this also too kind of comes on the back as well of something that then that has been like uh, um, a, um, I don't want to say threat, but yeah, just like a, a concern that Russia has brought up on multiple occasions of like, mm. then like, hey, there may be like NATO troops in Ukraine yeah. operating, which then becomes, I mean, also first getting egg caught in your face for then really worsening a situation, you know. Yeah, but, this, um, but that's the game, isn't it, right? Because, like, Russia is kind of, like, doing this whole thing as well of, like, you just have to do enough exactly, plausible yeah. deniability to stuff. To then get yourself completely involved in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I think that then, I think, yeah, I mean, it's 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 how much, how much you know, legitimacy there are in those claims. I have absolutely no idea. No. But I think that in the sense, too, is that then the longer that then that this conflict goes on, mm. uh, yeah, I think that then that that's going to... And especially in the sense of what then like U.S. involvement ends up becoming, I think that then Macron is just showing a sense like a, a, a like kind of like realpolitik sense in this, you know? Yeah, yeah, because like the the big the big the big thing that's happening right now because like when Macron said this, Germany like really was like no, very aggressively like no, um, like 
Well, I think it goes back to the thing too of like Mark Rota saying like pay like, for yourself. Pay, yeah, like you know, like if NATO is no longer then like heavily controlled by the United States, where it's like dictating everyone's move, you know, kind of like as like a marionette to all these other foreign policies. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like it's also in the sense of like if you want to then fund Ukraine, do that. But then also too comes in the sense that then you do have like the sovereignty as well to get involved in the fucking conflict more if you want to in your own just sheer stupidity. But yeah, like that's I think a question that then's gonna like yeah, like 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 you rightly pointed out, this is Macron kind of finding himself as, um, you know, like fi- yeah, finding his 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 footing with where Europe is possibly going to be going defense wise. Yeah, I also kind of like I look at these two alternatives of like what France wants to do versus what like Germany wants to do, and it's yeah. like the France one seems like it has just infinitely more legs. Um, like, cause Germany is kind of living in a la la land where they kind of keep the arrangement going where like they just buy things from the U S mostly like they have their own domestic industry, but, and that hasn't been working for Ukraine. Cause like, I think Ukraine recently bought like a shit ton of artillery from South Korea and now that's like run out and South Korea doesn't have the capability of like sending that amount again. And like Macron, one of the things Macron wants to do is like bolster uh, European production of weapons, um, which Germany doesn't want to do because the way Macron wants to do it is shared European Union debt, (laughs) which is like the thing Germany has always been opposed to, um, which is really weird because the two advocates for this are Macron, which sure, Macron has always been for like more protectionist kind of social spending at an EU level kind of thing. Like him and the European South kind of agree on that. But the other one is Kaya Kallis. Like Estonia, yeah. like zero national debt, Estonia, like home of the black zero kind of shit. Like uh, um, is also in favor of doing Euro bonds to like build up Ger- like Europe's defense industry. Um, and the other thing that I've been reading about recently was... Macron has now really asserted himself or like he's asserted France as the strategic defense partner of Armenia. Um, yeah, they just met like three weeks ago or something they did. like that. They've, yeah. been, they've been sending tons of weapons. Armenia has like uh, officially the statement from Pashian is like they've paused being a member of CSTO. Yeah. Basically. Um, they didn't partake in any, they were meant to have war games uh, in Armenia and then they cancelled it and stuff like that and France has just kind of come in being like hey you need a strategic defense partner the southern Caucasus are basically like Europe's back like back garden kind of thing that's official, basically official policy when it comes to countries like Georgia um, where like everyone in Europe kind of agrees that's like the EU hinterland kind of thing so yeah why not Armenia um, yeah so that's that's happening and it's a uh, it just after reading that article in the Financial Times about like how everyone hates Germany because basically too long didn't read it's fucking Christian Lindner is being Christian Lindner <laughs> and it's just like trying to make a version of Germany that spends on fucking nothing work. Yeah. And it's like now is not the time. Yeah. And the thing that then is just, I mean, always like to keep in mind too is that then Germany does have like, I mean, one of the industries that then actually has been doing quite well in Germany has been the defense industry as well. But yeah. it's, 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 you know, um, you know, like Rheinmetall is the like has the like largest increase of investment in any defense contractor like in the world currently. It doesn't surprise me. So, like, 
I think it's just the fact as well too that Germany doesn't like getting into these contracts with France with like um no, like with, with Airbus, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where then also, too, in the sense of what your country is allowed to do in terms of weapon shipments is determined by the other country's mm. agreement to it. And I feel that then also Germany probably wants to still maintain, like, aside from just the spending thing, yeah. Germany still, like, although they are, like, a NATO member and whatnot, they're also very skeptical of everyone else. And they yeah. do enjoy their, like... Especially when everyone else is not doing what they would like them yeah, to do. Yeah, they do like keeping their, like, sovereignty on a lot of, like, this type of decision-making. I wouldn't be surprised if that also had to do with, like, Germany's, like, you know, unwillingness to cooperate with this. And I just unw- But, you know, they're just, like, you know, it, it, it's more than just the stupid economic reason for it. Germany's, yeah. Germany's not the most... I mean, like, I think that then also historically, too, I mean, like, Germany has been a good economic partner of France, but France's, uh, you know, foreign policy goals in Germany are you know, quite antithetical at some times. Well, it's the, it's the, which is a conversation we'll have to talk about a little bit more this year because it's an EU election year. Um, the classic like conundrum you have to solve with United Europe is you have to get, you have to get France to submit economically to Germany and you have to get Germany to submit militarily to France. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think the thing is too that then Germany always is like, Germany's always France is more willing to also just kind of like go out and, and, you know, do the like, you know, military option. Like they always historically have. They've they've been historically involved. It's a strength of theirs. Yeah, exactly. And Germany always kind of tries to do this, like have their cake and eat it too of like, oh, no, no, no. We want to be like, you know, we don't want to be involved in your wars, but we're still going to then fucking get involved like one way or the other. You know, it's like with the Eurofighter thing recently. Yeah. You know, they blocked that forever from Saudi Arabia. That contract France had approved long ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Germany was like, oh, well, now if it's good for Israel, then we'll finally do it, you yeah, know? But they I, have to then have a humanitarian reason behind it, even yeah. though it's just like the end goal is still the exact same. I Genocide. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting thing of like this whole moment has proved with the whole like who submits to who and how kind of argument is yeah. um, France has submitted to Germany economically for a long time, ever basically ever since reunification, more concretely since like the Euro crisis. I think that has been like the case where like Germany was riding high economically. Yeah, yeah. France is doing its own shit. Like it's still France the second- is like required to have certain amount of like German imports and shit yeah, like that. Pro- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like- <laughs> but then like when Germany, I guess like most countries are, when Germany was basically asked to do the same, you know, in the realm of military because of France. Um, then we start seeing the very loud conversations of, hmm, should we have our own nukes? And you're like, oh, okay. So when France is allowed to do it, you're, France is allowed to submit, but Germany can never. Yeah. Yeah, we will We will build, like, we will contact the Iranians to build our own fucking illegal nuclear power plant. <laughs> <laughs> nuclear arms capabilities. Or the Israelis. I mean, they, they remember, <laughs> Israel's nuclear program is still illegal. I feel like Israel would not want, a, like, the fun thing about Israel in geopolitics is just the like sheer kind of like thanklessness. Yeah. Like they will like they will rely on the Germans to help make their own nuclear like nuclear weapons program and then when Germany asks for help to do it they'll just be like no fuck. No. Up. What are you talking about? <laughs> you invented Hitler. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> um All right, with that. Uh let's do a quick Eurovision update for for Eurovision plug. All right, yeah. Yeah. 
So is it is it happening? Is it is it is it going on? Like what's what's you know? Did they cancel it this year? <laughs> is it over? Um, the, the, Who the, won? The live release of the Dutch song happened earlier today, and I, I actually did enjoy. I did watch the live like unveiling YouTube premiere of it. It's all right. There's some gabber in it, which is good for the Netherlands. Um, no, so very 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 quickly, uh, um, Gearvision tickets are in description. It's an event. Tickets, bar, everything will go to Medical Aid Palestine. You should come on down. We may or may not be boycotting Eurovision, depending on what I say happens after all this stuff. Depending on what I say. Depending on what I say. Um, So my current theory at the moment is Israel is like soft launching their withdrawal because... Uh, um, or <laughs> they're quiet quitting. They're quiet quitting. Yeah, absolutely. Or no, more more loud quitting. Actually, the other the other metaphor I could do is like they're doing the whole "you can't fire me, I quit" thing because so Israel's national selection competition, which I believe is called "Your Next Star" or something like that, but in Hebrew, um, they picked Ada Galan. We talked about her, um, but they don't pick a artist and song together. They just pick an artist. It's more like a traditional kind of like American Idol X Factor type situation. She'll sing original songs and covers, but then they make a song for whoever wins. And they submitted to the European Broadcasting Union two songs. Well, also the EBU requested to look at them. Um, They submitted two songs, um, just the lyrics at this point. And the... Before the European Broadcasting Union could respond to any of that, it was revealed in Israeli press that, like, uh, um, after they're like, we're checking these songs for political content, Israeli press then came out and said, like, we will not change our songs. We are submitting them as is, even if it means we can't participate. Which I have read as, we have submitted the most fucking political thing that we know will get rejected because somewhat at Khan, the, the Israeli broadcaster, has realized attending Eurovision this year will be the biggest public display of Western Europe is not on our side, um, which would be a problem for them to like broadcast to like a bunch of people on public television back in Israel. Yeah. Um, They're going to like request like, okay, fine. We'll participate with no crowd. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, The first song they submitted was called dancing forever. uh, And that has already been officially rejected. Um, Yeah. Or that they, one was I already like that one was like very much a clear reference to like the the um the rave yes thing. the, the yeah. festival yeah um lots of like metaphors of people dancing and now they're angels and stuff like that um and then like sorry I should say that was like the two songs were submitted at the same time that's the backup song yeah so you're like your fucking safety song has already been rejected um and the other song we have heard rumors alleged in like israeli press that it is called october rain we already talked about this last episode though about october rain i don't think we did we i thought we did yeah i don't think so i think we talked about it personally but still anyway uh so that's the other song which they haven't officially rejected it's we're pointing out that usually by like the end of the second week of march all songs have been released and there is a deadline um so i think Either the EBU is going to reject the second song, which at that point, Israel would be allowed to submit as many other songs as they want. But Israel kind of has seemed to have said, we're not going to do that. Uh, and we're just going to like die on this hill. Um, so that makes me think they're doing the whole like, you can't fire me, I quit. We're going to get like kicked out in a technicality. 
Um, I also think it's possible the EBU is just going to like run out the clock because there is a deadline. And yeah, then we just like not respond. It's like if you don't, yeah, if you don't submit a song, then then yeah, you can't play. And then my theory is that like BDS and things like that won't put in the energy to boycotting it. Yeah, because they won't be there. They won't be there. And like BDS will be like, oh, should- but then Germany still gets to compete. Then Germany might still uh, um, dip voluntarily out. dip out because like, are they actually like seriously considering that? Uh, well, fun fact: Israeli press did like reveal comments from someone who was a coordinator in like their Eurovision song contest that said we can count on the Germans to withdraw if we do. Um, so Israel seems to think it will happen. Uh, but fun fact: if you voluntarily withdraw at this point, you still have to pay. Oh, fun. So I think if Israel's kicked out due to technicalities, they won't have to pay. But that doesn't matter because they, do- like they paid nothing towards it. Uh, uh, but Germ- if Germany voluntarily withdraws in solidarity, uh, they won't be in the competition, but they'll still have to pay the like buttload of money, like, comparative <laughs> buttload of money that they always pay. And then Ulf Paulschott will get his article where he's like, let's defund the public broadcasting. <laughs> let's defund the... E-. And then like Christian Lindner will be like, yes. <laughs> um, so yeah. Eurovision is happening. Um, I think even if we are actually watching the actual Eurovision, I think we should. Wait, still- who pays for Eurovision for Germany? Oh, like uh, the Rundfunk, the the. Oh, what does it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. God, yeah, Olaf Polshar will absolutely Lydia, get his. Yeah, Olaf Polshar, Christian Lindner will one hundred percent. Yeah, be like, like we may actually get the the like the privatization of. German uh, that would the act- ARD. That would actually be the greatest Ulf Polscher article if this happens because it yeah. will be one I pro like former Berlin DJ shows off pro-Israeli credentials while simultaneously calling for like the German equivalent of the TV license to be banned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the ultimate Ulf Polscher article. Hello, it's Kiran with a text-to-speech voice for a real Eurovision update. On the evening of March 2nd, President of Israel, Isaac Herzog intervened in the Eurovision songwriting process and Khan, Israel's national broadcaster, announced that the song October Rain will get reworked into Hurricane. It looks like Israel will participate and BDS officially called for a boycott on March 2nd. Eurovision is now the only way to watch. Oh yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, ticket links in the description. Um, I believe like a quarter? of like all tickets are already sold we have people coming in from like poland and the uk and the netherlands coming out to like visit berlin and come to this live show so yeah and you should too yeah you should and with that we will catch you on the bonus feed bye bye ciao